I'm Arya Schwartz, and welcome to the Windsider Show, where it's all about the W. We are back with WNBA stocks, where Owen Pence and I check the market in the W as of today, August 15th. like our show please consider joining our patreon community patreon.com backslash windsider that's patreon.com backslash windsider for less than a cup of coffee a month you can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the w and don't forget to see our amazing staff's written content over at windsider.com that's windsider.com are you in market for a WNBA playoff game and you want to go to a game well, do we have the sponsorship for you? Thanks to our sponsor, TickPick. You don't have to worry. The original no-fee ticketing site and official ticketing partner of still the defending WNBA champion, Chicago Sky. Use the link TICKPICK.com backslash Winsider. That's TickPick.com backslash Winsider for your upcoming ticket purchases for the WNBA, NFL, NBA, or literally any other event. We're back with WNBA stocks where we check a pulse on the market. As of today, August 15th, Owen, the playoffs are here. It's it's exciting time. It's a depressing time for some people. It's a really depressing time when you think about uh, the greatest center of all time, no longer lacing them up. Um, I guess before we hop in, uh, you know, uh, immediate thoughts as of August 15th. Yeah, it was tough watching, you know, Sill's final game yesterday. Very emotional. It's it's one of those weird situations where you don't know whether it's going to be her final game. They have a shot at making the playoffs, and they start to make that surge late in the game. You're like, oh, could it be? This would be, you know, storybook stuff. I thought it was beautiful that, you know, she got a double-double in her final game. I thought that her breaking the the 4,000 rebound mark in her final game is is truly some Hollywood type of stuff. Um, and just seeing the hugs, the embraces was very, you know, bittersweet, beautiful to see just how universally beloved she is, but also, you know, from a selfish perspective, knowing that we're not going to watch her be able to play basketball again. It was tough. The the hug with Reeve, you know, it got a little misty in, in my living room. Um, but, you know, looking on the bright side, like these, these playoffs are shaping up pretty wonderfully we've got some incredibly intriguing first round matchups i can't believe the regular season's already over it feels like a week ago that we had started this podcast and you know we're talking about how hot the fever were out the gate all this and that but i uh i can't wait for for what's to come here over the next month me too it's gonna be exciting it's gonna be a little bit of a different WNBA stocks than than we're used to because obviously you know this is a uh an intense market right the the i don't know the, the exchange the exchange is closing in a few weeks uh so you get all your trades in get all your stocks in um last time we'll do this for the season as we close because we've closed out the regular season we're into the playoffs um i'll give you a little rundown of what we've done last week after that no more talking about the regular season it's all playoffs from here on out seven weeks ago new york and seattle were up and dallas and atlanta down six weeks ago chicago minnesota up phoenix and las vegas down Five weeks ago, New York and L.A. up, Indy and Seattle down. Four weeks ago, Atlanta and Minnesota down, Vegas and New York up, New York 
three weeks ago with Minnesota. We're down in Connecticut and Phoenix are up two weeks ago. Atlanta and L.A. down and then Dallas and D.C. up. And last week, Minnesota and Dallas were up and D.C. and Indy were down. Um, Owen, let's just get down out of the way, right? Like let's do it. We'll, we'll, we'll go down or first. We'll save the best for last. Um, we got, cause this, this makes sense too, in terms of tying a bow on the regular season. Like this is the final time we're going to talk about these teams that did not make the playoffs. And so our two down stocks this week are two teams who were in playoff contention for quite a while into the last week of the season and, and did not end up making it. Uh, and my down stock is the Los Angeles Sparks, who I believe to be kind of the, the, the team who has the most work to do from a PR standpoint after this season. Like they, they have, they, they had a nightmare of a year and uh, you know, where do they go from here is, is a very perplexing question. One that is very difficult to answer. So I think what we have to start with is the fact that this team was expected to make the playoffs. When, when you looked at who they signed in the off season, the addition of Liz Cambage, the fact that Kennedy Carter had had entered the 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 Los Angeles market, um, and you know they they made some good signings around the edges. It looked like a team that was going to be competitive. It looked like a team that that you know could could swing pretty far in either direction in terms of like you know contending or in terms of it being a disaster. And uh, of course, here we are, and it was a disaster. the 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 biggest thing here is that Derek Fisher left this team in shambles. I mean, it, it's it's fairly remarkable and pretty depressing if you're a fan of the league, you know, this storied franchise just really being in a really difficult spot right now because this was by all indications, by record, by point differential, by by net rating, just about every advanced statistic you want to use. The Sparks were the second worst team in the league this year. Indiana, obviously the worst, but they were not trying to compete. The other 11 teams who were trying to compete, Los Angeles was the worst, and it's fairly definitive. Now, that wouldn't be a disaster if they hadn't traded their first-round pick. But Derek Fisher, former head coach, former GM of the Los Angeles Sparks, traded this year's first round pick for Kennedy Carter. And, you know, Kennedy Carter was worth a gamble on. And I believe she's going to have a very bright future in the league. I believe that that she's gotten the short end of, of the stick in many regards and really had a great attitude this year, you know, in another situation going from, from Atlanta last year, which was last year's dump, dumpster fire to this year's dumpster fire. She really had a great attitude, didn't sulk, played well late in the season when her number was called. There is a couple other people who played really well. Neka Gumake, a you know, MVP candidate for a lot of the season, was carrying this team on her shoulders. Uh, Brittany Sykes had a, had an all-defensive year, as she normally does, and showed real strides, strides on the offensive end. You could argue that Katie Lou Samuelson had her best WNBA season. There's reasons for optimism, but overall, the fact that they were not competitive, did not make the playoffs, and have no pick in this year's uh, draft in addition to the fact that many of their, basically their entire roster are impending free agents, it leaves you wondering if it was all worth it to, to you know, put all your chips behind Derek Fisher. Because look where it has left you. It left you with Amanda Zowie B not even playing this year uh, because they they decided to, to, to sign Liz Cambage instead. She leaves in the middle of the season. You know, it was just a really, really tough look for the team in a lot of regards. 
Um, and, and they need, they need a reset. So, you know, they were tying a bow on the season, but it's kind of hard to overstate how messy things got for this team this year. Just a, a really, really rough season for the Sparks. Oh yeah. Uh, you've said it perfectly. And Hey, look, I love to play devil's advocate. So I'm going to, I'm going to top it off. You know, you hit off all the points. Um, I'll say the one positive is in the exit interviews, NECA said she wants to come back. If that holds true for the rest of the off season, Hey, maybe you can do what you should have done in the first place, which is build a team around NECA, build a team around your MVP, build it, just get a bunch of shooters, throw them around NECA and let's ball out. Um, completely agree with everything you said. Embarrassing season for, for both of our down teams. Um, I guess I would say that this down and up is essentially uh, a season cap, right? Like this was a down season for both these franchises, but the one positive for LA is they're in a situation where, yeah, they took a big gamble. They put all the chips in, they lost, uh, but now you can rebuild um, and, and start from scratch essentially. So really just rough season, you know, blowouts to end it. Um, Interim coaches, you know, making statements uh, of uh, do not plays for certain players. Uh, Just a, a, a laundry list of issues uh, for the LA Sparks. But you know what? You can look forward. It's LA. They're going to be a, a, a top area for uh, free agents to want to go to and join the team as long as they can get a competent head coach and they can probably pull for a, a top star head coach also just because it's LA. Um, but it's really going to come down to the ownership and is ownership going to invest in this team? People often think, oh, L.A., they must be connected to the to the Lakers. They're not. Oh, they must be collected, connected to the Clippers. They're not. Like, the ownership needs to step up and invest in this team and put their money where their mouth is. Um, they need a real practice facility. They need a lot of other stuff. Uh, but look, it can go up. That's, it can go up from here. The other down team this season, you maybe guessed. You maybe thunk it. You maybe thought it. The Minnesota Lynx. Um we talked about it a little bit to start, just, you know, emotional last week and a half specifically for the Lynx, a team that showed at times that they, when were they were playing together and to steal a phrase that uh, was on a repeat during the uh, end of season press conference with Cheryl Reeve was just the buy-in. You know, when the team bought in for certain games, we saw them play really well and beat Chicago and beat Vegas and, and look competent against top teams in this league. Too often their defense was non-existent um, and they would appear for one quarter, make a big push and then disappear for the rest of the game. There's lots of questions for this team moving forward. No more Sylvia fouls. Um, Powers has a big paycheck coming. Chanwa still has a big paycheck. Um, McBride has a big paycheck. And besides that, a lot of availability, you know, you have fee coming back. Hopefully uh, according to the exit interview, she's not going overseas give her some time to to get back to 100 and look fees an mvp caliber player it's now about and and you also yes you have that huge gap that sills going to leave but that also brings in a huge amount of money that they can use this offseason to possibly bring in a big player um look end of the day an 11 season playoff streak drought or playoff streak ends uh it's a it's a tough end for the minnesota lynx and Look, they struggled throughout, um, but look, again, rebuild. That I guess it's down, but not out, right? Because I guess they are out. 
I don't know. Owen, take over from here. <laughs> no, I hear what you're saying. I, I don't think that I'm going to be as doom and gloom on Minnesota. Um, it, but I, I completely get everything you're saying. Here's here's my issue with with uh, their season. And, you know, Coach Reeves today in the exit interviews did did mention the, the defensive element. They were 10th this year in defensive rating. They were not good enough defensively. And she mentioned the buy-in. And I think what I took away from that or my reaction to that was, you know, how do you buy in to a season when it doesn't feel like the GM, who also happens to be Coach Reeve, has bought in? And I say this, Coach, mm-hmm. if you're listening, I think you're the greatest coach in the history of the league. I'm, I'm, I'm simply judging on a season-by-season basis. And well, I, and I, also- I, 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 well, I just want to add one thing, Owen, and I think this is completely fair of like, look, players – have good seasons, right? And then have seasons where they aren't playing their best, right? Coaches and GMs, you can be the greatest of all time. It doesn't mean you're going to be MVP every season, right? Like you're not going to always have the best season and be the best out there. And I agree with what you're saying so far. Sorry. A hundred percent. And, and you know, she is 1000% the coach, the GM I want going forward for this team. And this is why I'm not that doom and gloom on them is that ultimately Fee missed, Nafisa Collier missed, basically the entire season it's a it's a remarkable feat that she was able to to return when she did for the final few games major props to her for that but ultimately when your best in your prime player is missing the entire season it's going to be a lost season like that's just the fact of the matter and so i think that the fact that this team now is is at the bottom of the lottery but is going to have a good draft pick has another draft pick this year um at the at the tail end of the first round and, uh, you know, like you said, they have some flexibility. They have the core piece, Nafisa Collier. They have some other, you know, players who I really, really like. I just don't think that the, the long-term forecast for this team is bad by any means. And Reeve is, is a brilliant basketball mind, the person I want leading this team. But back to her comments today, it's just kind of like, okay, if you enter the season without a point guard, if you don't re-sign Leisure Clarendon, if you let Crystal Dangerfield walk and then you enter the season and immediately start losing games in in which, you know, a point guard such as Mariah Jefferson, who who came in and kind of rescued this team, uh, you know, maybe a third of the way through the season, if they start the year with a point guard, they probably make the playoffs. Like that is probably the difference. And so, sure, you can say, you know, that the team didn't buy in defensively on a consistent basis. And I think that's totally accurate. But from my perspective, I kind of I kind of have to point at the the roster construction and say, well, it's hard to buy in if you don't feel that the team was given enough pieces to succeed in the first place. So well, that, that's my overall takeaway. But ultimately, look, they, they battled till the final day of the season. Sill still got her flowers led the league in rebounds in her final year. I mean, just all kinds of great stuff. I just don't think that it's like a real disaster of a season in the way that it was for Los Angeles. Um, but I can see why why the stock would be down for sure. Yeah, and and I would agree with that. It definitely isn't the same realm, right? We saw a fight. We saw this team come together at certain points. I think for me, it's the bigger thing is, you know, all right, you watch the the press conference or whatever, and there was a comment uh, that Reeve had. I stand by all my you know my roster moves, blah blah blah. Uh, heading or I think heading into training camp or whatever the exact quote is. For me, it boils down to this: 
this is not, you know, a dumpster fire shout out to the Dallas Wings uh, PR or social media account. This is not the dumpster <laughs> fire that L.A. is going through right now. Um, what it is, though, is it needs to be a self a gut check, self check moment, right? Like Reeve needs to look in the mirror and honestly, honestly evaluate what happened this last season, what went wrong. And now that you no longer have the greatest true big and the greatest big of all time in league history, you need to start evaluating, okay, what's the style of play that is best to build around Nafisa Collier and make the moves that are appropriate to that. Um, bluntly said, like, obviously, you know, I wasn't going to talk about Minnesota, not talk about Milich. Like, I understand there was a lot more money sunk into Achanwa. Her play does not deserve that. Her play did not show that at any point during the two seasons that she's been with Minnesota so far. It just makes absolutely no sense. You know, Milich should have been getting minutes over her throughout. I understand Milich was foul heavy. I get that. Only one way to adjust to the W is... Uh, style of foul calls is to play more. Um, I just think it needs to be for Minnesota. It's a look in the mirror moment for LA. It's a, okay, we need to start from the ground up. Um, But how could it be the same dumpster fire uh, that LA is when you have Cheryl Reeve as your GM and head coach, you know? Totally. A hundred percent. They have leadership. That's, that's the key difference here is that LA tore it down and, and, and put their chips behind someone who was completely not proven in the league, whereas Cheryl Reeve deserves plenty of the benefit of the doubt. And we can, you know, question what happened this offseason and say, well, Crystal Dangerfield has been instrumental in New York's, you know, midseason resurgence. And and Lasia Clarenton was instrumental in Minnesota's turnaround last year. Why weren't they signed to start this season? You could ask those questions and still 100% unequivocally believe that, look, Reeve has this team in a way better spot moving forward than LA, which is, you know, essentially a blank slate without a draft pick. And and it's going to take a minute for them to kind of build back up, which is a bummer because NECA, you know, might not have too many years left in, in her prime, who's to say? Which uh, I would say, you know, as the, the person, first of all, I, I, we should note that Cheryl Reeves' contract is up uh, in the exit interview. She did say that she wants to be back. She doesn't feel the mission is done, um, so on and so forth. We'll discuss it with leadership, and but she wants to be back and expects to be back. Basically the same thing that NECA said. All that said, I would love to see Reeve and NECA uh, together on a team. For those who don't know, Winsider has been hosting WNBA watch parties using a cool new platform called Playback. We're able to watch all together, so there are no spoilers. We've been doing some fun giveaways. Um, it's it's a lot of fun. It, it's just, you know, hanging out with your friends, watching WNBA game, talking a little smack, goofing around. The link is getplayback.com backslash room backslash Winsider. That's getplayback.com backslash room backslash Winsider. We'll be going live. Uh, for the first night of games for the playoffs, first round, we have a vote going on right now on Twitter, so you can help select which games we do. Honestly, we're probably going to end up doing both of them. We're going to be doing a lot more playoff games uh, throughout these playoffs because, heck, why not? Owen, you're up first with our up team. I just love how right into the ad read you just you just dropped the you know the potential union of of NECA and coach Reeve, which then as you were, <laughs> as the entire time you were reading about playback, which is awesome. 
and and you should join our playback uh, rooms. Like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> you know, I would have loved to give my full attention to that ad read, but it, it just struck me. I'm like, oh my goodness, what you're just saying about playing but, but, right? of basketball, NECA and Nafisa as the four and the five is like dynamite. That would be beautiful. Oh, I want Beautiful, it. but also like, I feel, here's my thing about NECA. I understand, I, I feel like NECA loyalty could end up hurting her. But the pairing, and I know they've had their beef in the past, but the pairing of those three, I just feel like that's just, it's a mastermind. I, I I think that propels them to, you know, a lot of people talk about Bree Jones coming to Minnesota this offseason. Um, but if I'm Reeve, I'm out in L.A. in Houston banging on the Agumake's door. But here's the one problem is then you got to deal with Shanae. But we'll talk about that later. Let's talk about our up team. <laughs> I could go a whole nother hour on this. We're going to go too long. Um, my up team this week is a team that that had no business making the playoffs this year. We've talked about them quite a bit. And every time we say, as I will once again say, free BG, bring BG home. It's a It was a season for Phoenix in which basketball took a backseat because their star – and and just a truly beloved player in this league uh, is is locked up overseas and and was not able to return to the states and play this season um, and is still you know going through horrific times and so our thoughts are continually with BG and for Phoenix to play these games never mind put together a run down the stretch that propelled them to the playoffs is nothing short of remarkable. I think to back to the game on the day of, of Brittany's sentencing um, in which Phoenix had to play lost. And afterwards, Skylar Diggins Smith, who was this team's MVP this year. Uh, and, and our thoughts are with Skylar too, who had to miss the, the final few games of the regular season for personal reasons, really hope, you know, her mental health is okay. I can only imagine being in that situation and, and knowing um, Griner and just kind of having to deal with this on a day-to-day basis, the emotional toll it would take uh, uh, is is inconceivable to me. I think back to her post-game press conference after that game in which they lost, in which Skyler was incredibly raw and basically said, you guys keep asking me about this. No- nothing has changed. I This is really, really difficult. The fact that we had to play tonight is frankly ridiculous. Those are my words, not her words. But that was kind of the sentiment of the thing was like, I'm struggling here. We're all struggling. Basketball is not on the forefront of our minds right now because our friend uh, is is in this situation. And so I think that, that that is kind of the main takeaway from this season is that no one would have blamed them. No one would have batted an eye. Uh, if they had packed it up early and and said, you know what, we're not going to make the playoffs, boom, we're 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 you know concerned with way more important matters. And the fact that 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 they are, um, you know, being so supportive and, and, and there for BG, and somehow we're still able to perform on the basketball court is is remarkable. Um, you know, it just seemed like every time that someone had to sit out another person on this team stepped up. And I think that that is kind of a beautiful thing given the, the horrendous circumstances of this season for Phoenix, um, Diana Taurasi out for the year, kind of late in the season. Then Skyler steps away from the team. 
Um, and, and people just stepped up the entire time. They were just there for each other. And, and that's beautiful. And I think that, uh, I think it was ridiculous. They had to play that night. I, I don't think basketball is, you know, even a 10th of an a hundredth of a percent as important as, as what is going on, um, right now outside of basketball. And so to see diamond to shields, you know, after what she's been through from, from a, a health standpoint, kind of come back late in the season and give this team a real boost. Uh, Shea Petty is someone who just, you know, never gets enough credit and was just here for this team, a complete rock the entire way. Megan Gustafson, someone who has been passed over by many teams, has had trouble sticking in this league and, uh, and you know, starts starts making shots for the team. Sophie Cunningham, someone who obviously is, is maybe a little bit controversial, but on the court really – uh, really carried the team, you know, down the stretch in a lot of ways. And, and her insurgence into the starting lineup really turned this team around and, and gave them a chance. So, you know, they didn't, they didn't look amazing at the end of the season because how could they? But they got two wins in their final four games, a huge victory over New York at home um, on August 6th, which no one expected them to win. They win by 14. And then uh, uh, on Friday, you know, the the second to last game of the season, a 12-point win over Dallas, they just took care of business, won just enough to to get into the playoffs. And I just give the team, you know, a lot of credit for kind of keeping it together when when no one would have blamed them if they had uh, if they had packed it in. I you said everything. The only thing I'll add is there is something in the water in Phoenix, right? Like. For years, we said, oh, well, they're able to do this because it's Brittany Griner, free BG. Oh, they're able to do this because it's Diana Taurasi. Oh, they're able to do this because of Penny. Oh, they're able to do Like, the list goes on. At a certain point, there is something in the water. Sandy's not there. Diana's not there. BG's not there. Skylar's not there. Like, they got Jenny Sims playing lights out basketball. I mean, props to this team. Scratch, claw, bite whatever it is to find a way into the playoffs. And that's what they did. And you have to give the utmost respect, you know, look, I'm from Minnesota. So I always talked about one of the most remarkable things. If Minnesota would have made the playoffs this year, I got to say, this is equally, if not more remarkable to see uh, this Phoenix Mercury team find a way. I mean, I counted them out many a times. I said from the beginning of the season that there's no way this could happen. I'm owning up to it. I was wrong. They made the playoffs. It's remarkable. It's impressive. My up team, and maybe, you know, I'm a little bit of a hater of some of the players on this team also, but New York. I mean, similarly, look, at the end of the day, both these teams were on the playoff bubble. New York has had its ups and and downs with injuries. Um, Crystal Dangerfield, the midseason signing that, as you pointed out, kind of saved this year. Sabrina putting up ridiculous stats, uh, Marine Han, you know, Natasha Howard having a little bit of a struggle of a season, but coming up big, um, in a certain positions. I mean, like every player has kind of stepped in and not been great, but done what they needed to do. Now, Marine greatness, Han greatness, fine, but done things that they needed to do to help this team move forward. Um, you can't not be impressed by New York and what they were able to do. I know it's been a lot of times of not being impressed by them. I know it's been a lot of times of throwing shade, uh, a lot of times of, you know, 
plays that just make you like smack your head, your hand against your head in frustration. Um, but I mean, look, they make the playoffs for a second consecutive year. They're moving forward. I think right now what I've seen from this team and you watch this team a lot more. So, you know, maybe you disagree. Maybe you're, I assume you're going to add much more uh, insightful stuff than I. But I think what I've seen from this team is piece by piece. We see the players starting to play better and better and better individually. And slowly it's coming together as a team throughout the season. I've seen players do really remarkable things individually, but now I think it's starting to meld together. It's not a perfect puzzle piece yet, but they're starting to get it to fit. I, I totally agree. I think it's, it's a, a pretty incredible feat that this team made the playoffs. I think the, the main thing for me is health. Um, Sabrina had not enjoyed a full season of health where she was at a hundred percent and really looking herself uh, in the in the professional you know level of the WNBA this year that happened we saw her take the leap that people had expected from her her first two seasons in the league and and here New York is bearing the fruit of of that you know ascension if you will uh, the fact that they made the playoffs missing Benijah Laney for the majority of the season is a real testament to how they filled out this roster and how those role players stepped up when they needed them to. I think that this was the case with New York. They were one of the league's, you know, most Jekyll and Hyde type teams where, you know, we were constantly talking about them because they were on the up and then they were on the down and the up and the down. Well, they started off the season incredibly poorly. And and if you really look at, at their record after the one and seven start or whatever it was, they had a winning record, and, and that's largely due to the play of the role players. Sure, Sabrina was an all-star. Sure, Natasha Howard, even if she didn't enjoy her best season, was an all-star. But, you know, there were so many nights where three role players would step up just enough to, to get a win. Han Shu with, with clearly, you know, a, an incredible improvement from when we saw her in the league last. Maureen Johannes coming over here. And and can we just talk about the one-legged three for a minute? Because goodness gracious, it was like I was just itching to see that replay. It, it took like five minutes for them to show the replay. I just couldn't think about anything else yesterday. Just ridiculous shot making, great passing. She was someone who comes over mid-season, gives this team a boost. Crystal Dangerfield, who won Rookie of the Year in Minnesota, was not brought back as we mentioned earlier somewhat inexplicably at least to to my outside eye with no intel and made a huge impact we talk about crystal dangerfield in her rookie season in the bubble as a major defensive liability we're at the point in her career now where crystal dangerfield is being subbed in for defensive possessions you know dangerfield was someone who would come in and replace marine at the end of a game just for a defensive possession because she's so strong and, and is so quick laterally can stay in front of people. You, you know, they didn't have Sammy Whitcomb's best season. They didn't have Rebecca Allen's best season. Uh, and yet still uh, they were able to cobble together enough wins to, to fight in the playoffs and really looked like the most dangerous team of those final, you know, four or five teams that were making the playoffs. Once Dallas separated itself from the pack, you had, you know, Los Angeles, Atlanta, uh, Minnesota, Phoenix, and New York duking it out for two spots. And New York, I, I would say it's not a controversial statement to say that New York is the team of those five that opponents would 
want no business seeing in the first round. Um, and it really is just a testament to, to all these role players really stepping up. Jocelyn Willoughby missed the majority of the season, came back and, and didn't really get any minutes. Dee Dee Richards had injuries throughout the season, didn't really receive many minutes down the stretch. But Laney comes back. She's able to contribute in, over the course of the final couple games. And now for the really the first time all season and the first time in years, this team's pretty healthy. And all they need to do is steal a game in Chicago and they have a chance on their home floor to pull off what would be truly a, a remarkable upset. I don't think it's going to happen, but the fact that they're in this position really speaks to just how gritty the, the entire roster was here in a year where almost every time the injury port dropped, someone was on it. Yeah, I think it was, what, like a week ago, the first time there wasn't anybody on the New York injury report. It, it was just ridiculous. I echo everything you said, and I appreciate the boots on the ground information. Um, we'll be back next week, WNBA Stocks, with myself, Aria Schwartz, and Owen Pence. We check the market in the W. We discuss who's going up, who's going down, um, and uh, who you should put money down on, right? Buy in. You already Owen, know. You already know. We'll be back next week, y'all.